Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Afton from Linksfield Show. It is a privilege and an honor to be here with you. A bit of an hiatus the last few weeks. I was overseas. Thank God for a wedding, for Simchas. Please, God, may there be Simchas by each and every one of us. And um, may we see the hand of Hashem in our lives in the most beautiful way and feel His brachas, feel His blessings in our lives in a real tangible, tangible way. The songs we chose for today's show are upbeat and positive. Chose four songs in total. The first one you just heard, Thank You Hashem. The next one is going to be Happy Days. The next one is going to be about how faith and trust brings redemption. And the final one about My Zaydi. Um, it's literally the song's, the song's title is called My Zaydi. But let's get there when we get there. For now, welcome. Um, we're coming towards the end of the secular year towards the end, or for some people already has ended, the school year. And it's a time when people are desperate to uh, get on holiday, in holiday mode, try to set up uh, a, a shear these days. Rav, next year, next year. So um, it's very much a mood of wrapping things up which is ironic, and I think I've said it every year I've been on the show, so I've been on the radio for about nine, ten years, and um, each year it, it always hits me that we have the accountability and the whole wrap-up that comes with Rosh Hashanah, which was just two months ago, and then two months later we have it, for the second secular year, two, three months later, we have it again, um, wrapping it up for December, January, obviously in a different way, but it's like two wrap-ups, two coming together. That's really what it is. It's packaging it up, making sense of the past 12 months, making sense of our life till now, hopefully a bit of sense, wrapping it up and storing it away um, as a year that was, right? The year 2021 was a year. It's somewhere in our memory, somewhere I stored away. And soon we're going to do the same thing till 2022. And I would argue that before we wrap it up and store it away, we ought to squeeze some lessons out of it. I was talking to somebody recently, and he was telling me the following. He was saying that you know he went through a certain difficult time, and I was like, you know, we spoke about it. isn't it time to let it go? And he said something quite insightful. He said, I could only let it go once I've got the blessings out of it. And he said that based on actually not this week's Parsha, but next week's Parsha, that we read about Yaakov, our forefather Jacob, who's returning to Israel. He was in what today is Iraq, in Haran, and he's traveling east, uh, sorry, west, traveling west towards Israel, southwest, and he is heading back home. 
And on the way home, he meets an angel, the angel of Esau, of his brother Esau. And it's quite a cryptic story over there, but basically we see by the, as the words of the Torah, by Yivaser Yaakov Levado, and Jacob stayed there alone, by Yavek Ishimo. And somebody, a man, it keeps very vague. The commentaries say it was the angel of Esau, struggled with him. Literally, they had a, a, a boxing match. They were struggling against each other physically. Adalot HaShachar, until the morning. And eventually, the angel actually hits Yaakov and the sciatic nerve. And that's why till today, the whole back of an animal we don't eat the sciatic nerve and anything next to it, so pretty much the, the back quarter of the animal we don't really touch um, kosher-wise. But uh, they're continuing to struggle, and eventually it comes the morning by Shachar, as it was that the sun was about to rise, and the angel tells Jacob Shalcheni, let me go. We're, we're locked into each other. We're physically connected. We're both literally like struggling against each other. I have to go. My my journey with you is done. For whatever reason, I have to struggle with you. Now it's time to go. And Jacob says, Yaakov says, I will not send you unless you bless me. Very powerful words. And eventually that's when um, the angel actually agrees, and he says, no longer will your name be just Jacob, your name will be Yisrael, Israel. And that's when the word Israel enters our world. The, the, the children of Israel, the land of Israel, it's one of the biggest words in all of uh, Judaism, the biggest words in all of history, Israel. Um, and that all came from Yaakov, Yaakov's second name. Jacob's second name is Yisrael. And Rabbi Sachs would talk about this often, may you rest in peace. And I think it also, it, it screams from the text itself. It's not like a stretched commentary. It's, it's very much within the text where if you're going through a struggle, you don't let it go until you get something out of it, until you get a blessing, until you learn something, until the world becomes a better place from your struggle. And I think as we're sitting here towards the end of a year, and so many of us are so desperate to just wrap up 2022, uh, the truth is I, I pretty much, every year I remember my adult life, it's always like, oh my gosh, the year's coming to an end. I can't wait for the new year and what it has to bring. There's even an expression that is used regarding the Hebrew, uh, may the year and its curses, the opposite of blessings, may it finish. May the new year and its blessings come. So it's not a new thing, but this idea of like, okay, the past year was full of challenges and not so many blessings, and we want to enter the new year. But I would say that before we run, before we run into this new secular year, before we say goodbye to 2022, we're not ready to send it off unless we get a blessing. We have a month, we have the month of December, and people are going on vacation now. Before we sit there, you know, steamrolling straight into the new year, ask yourself a simple question. What, what, what have I learned this year? Where am I at? And if you did this before Rosh Hashanah, then awesome. Maybe you don't have to do it again. But if, you know, if we didn't fully 
do it for ourselves a few months ago. It's another opportunity. That's all it is. It's another opportunity to um, squeeze things, good things out of our challenges. We're so excited to finish a challenge, right? Think about COVID, mostly over. Obviously, it doesn't seem it's ever fully over. But most of our lives are routine again. We see each other. Very few people are wearing masks. Um, we're living our lives. But before we said goodbye to it, did we squeeze a blessing out of it? Did we learn its lessons? Because that's what the Jew does. The Jew turns to the the angel of Asaph, symbolizing whatever struggle they're going through, and saying, I'm not ready to let you go. You tore my life upside down for X amount of time. You've shaken my world. I'm not just letting you go and forgetting you existed. COVID, death, pain, sickness. I'm not just looking forward to get through. I am, but I'm not just looking forward to that. I also want to squeeze something out of it. Otherwise, what did I just go through? If I can't offer any meaning to what I've gone through, and how can I, what was all, what was this all about? This whole shakeup, this whole struggle. I want to get something out of it. I don't want to just forget it. I don't want to just move on. I want to move forward with it. I want to learn something. And it's only when we really adapt that mindset that we're able to, I believe, wrap up the year in the best way possible before we put it onto the shelf. The song I want to play is a song of optimism, right? As we're going into the next year, a song of look, hope. And that's really the, the emotion that I'm straddling right now as the secular year is coming to an end is trying to make sense of this year and feeling happy days are coming. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avton of Linksfield Show. And we're talking about choosing to squeeze lessons out of the challenges that we go through rather than just trying to get through them. It's not rocket science. It's, we've known that in our, in our history for a long time. Um, Victor Frankl spoke extensively about it. That's really the search for meaning. Um, but it's something that we have to repeat to ourselves and each other all the time. Here's one thing I've learned in life. Maybe you could disagree. Feel free. 34519. Um, but most of life's truths, or not most, many of life's truths, many of us learn. In other words, there's very few times that you go to some place and you hear an idea that's like, wow, I never heard it before. It usually feels familiar. It usually feels like you've heard it before or know it intuitively. So why do we go to get inspiration? We go to inspiration to remind us of stuff that we already know. In other words, yes, there's new content. For example, you never studied a page of the Talmud before, so that the page that you're looking at is new. But when it comes to life's wisdom and principles of good living, it's it's not limitless. Obviously, each idea can be explored limitless, but the basic principles of a good life, of decent living, are not limitless. But we forget them a lot, or we put them in the back of our mind. And the reason we talk and we read and we engage with each other 
is to remind ourselves, to remind ourselves basic principle. And this idea of squeezing out of challenges the goodness and finding meaning is an idea that we all know. Chances are we could all talk about it, but it's still, I think it's worth sitting on and celebrating. And many different speakers and many different um, presenters have used this in many regards. For example, recently in the last years, a book came out about the sixth stage of grief, and it was about meaning. Um, as I said, Viktor Frankl, uh, and pretty much any book that talks about finding meaning in life will really address this idea of squeezing out of challenges the most. But the question is, do we actually practice it, or do we just try to get through it? I was talking to a person who's divorced a few times, and they're like, okay, Rabbi, I'm ready to get married. Well, the, the most recent divorce was six months ago, so I was like, okay, I mean, like, you know, we, we haven't had a smashing success rate till now. He's like, oh, Rabbi, no, it was her fault the first time, and it was the other lady's fault the second time, and I'm ready to move on. And even if it's true, which, what are the chances that, you know, this, um, you're zero at fault? Well, if anything, at least you're at fault for, if, if it's totally their fault, then you're really at fault for choosing the wrong people. And I'm being cynical over here because it's, it's rarely that simplistic unless there's abuse. Um, most often it's a more complex scenario. But if you're just like, no, no, I'm ready to bounce back. No, no, there's nothing to learn. It's all good. It's all good. I'm ready to just move on. Then, uh, not only is it unfair to whatever relationship you do fall into coming forward, it's unfair to yourself and the challenges you've been through to just say, yeah, whatever it was, time to move on. What does that mean, time to move on? Have you learned anything from it? Have you become a better person? Are you more honest? Are you more reflective? Are you more accountable? Are you more gracious? Are you working on your character flaws? What character flaws? Well, in general, if that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth, what character flaws? Believe me, there are character flaws. It's usually the people that say they have no issues who are the biggest problem. At least if you're honest that you have issues, because you're human, and if you're human, you have issues, um, then we could work on it. But when you're the one coming and saying, well, I don't have any issues, you go to therapy. I'm not me, me. Well, I have nothing wrong. Yeah, that's your issue. Narcissist. Um, it's only once we really reflect and take things personal and, and internalize the message. And it's a journey. It's not so easy to necessarily pick up what the message is. It could take a very long time to pick up the message. And there is no, there's not necessarily the right answer. It's not as if God shows up to us and tells us straight out, this is the message. It's a bit of a guessing work. Sometimes it's intuitive. Sometimes it just feels right, but regardless, it's our journey, and our journey is to learn from our lives, to learn from our mistakes, to learn from experiences, to not be the same person after a challenge as we were before the challenge. The word for challenge in Hebrew is nisayon, test. The word for a high stick, like a flagpole, is nes. Same word, the same two letters at the, the root, nun, samach. And the word miracle is also nes. When you overcome the challenge, that's when you rise. If you come through the challenge and you actually ask, what is there? That's when you rise. That's when you create miracles in your life. What's a miracle? A miracle is 
when nature steps aside and something out unnatural takes place? Well, naturally, we all stay the same. We don't grow. Naturally, most of us will be pretty predictable in our lives. What's a miracle? A miracle is when we don't act that way, when suddenly you see, wow, look at that character. They've grown so much. Look at him. Look at her. Look at what they've gone through. Wow. This, you can look at him. You see so much wisdom, so much depth, so much richness. Some of the richest people you'll ever meet, and I don't mean richness in finances at all. Richness in character, the people that are the most awe-inspiring from distance by watching their YouTube videos, but by spending time with them. Those people pretty much inevitably went through challenges in life. Some of the worst people as well are people that went through challenges. In other words, as it either makes you or breaks you, that's not the point. But if you decide to make you, if you decide that the challenge is going to make the, it's going to make me the person I need to be, the most incredible people are the people that went through challenges. I mean, just in the last uh, few hours, I got to meet with somebody who's gone, who's gone through incredible challenges in their life. And one of the richest, most solid people I've met. Because that's what happens when you choose to go through a challenge. You, um, you're enriched by it if you allow yourself to. And you develop a sensitivity and a depth and a healthy perspectives and gratitude, etc., etc., etc. But there's so many people that go through challenges and it just makes them bitter, makes them cynical, makes them unpleasant, makes them full of self-pity. And I would ask myself the question, I would say after the last few years, right, what has it been? Um, it's almost going to be three years since uh, COVID really uh, shook our world, right? Right. Already now in December time, we started hearing a little bit about it. And it's December 2019. It's pretty crazy. Um, so three years later, am I a more sensitive person? Am I a nicer person? I uh, spoke to my show a few weeks ago, and I, I it kind of came spontaneous to me. I didn't plan to share in the speech, and it, it was just interesting to see people's reaction to it. I posed the question. I said, if you ask the people closest to you to say one word that describes you, what's the first word that comes to mind? What would it be? And there was this knowing laugh, and then I actually thought about it later, and I was like, that's pretty hectic. In other words... From some of us, yeah, some, I wouldn't say the majority. Some of us would hear words like kindness, mensch, goodness, wise. But a lot of us would hear words like kvetch, grouch, impossible, um, <laughs> annoying, frustrating, So the question is, what's the first word that comes to people's mind when they think of you? What's the first word that comes to mind when you think of you? And not when you're coming to your, and like in a, from a place of ego or from pushing yourself down. But ask yourself, like, when people engage with you on the most part, what's the first word that you, that you, what about you shines the first? Is it your heart? Is it your, your, your joy? Or is it your cynicism and self-pity? and anger, and faribles. 
If the first word that comes to mind when people think about use variables, you have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. If the first word that comes to people's mind is impossible, cranky, grouch, burden, then, wow, um, is that really the way you want it to, to be known? And what about that is programmed into your DNA? Nothing. You could decide that the first word that comes to people's mind will be kindness. Not by programming them to think that, but by changing our character or evolving our character, right? Someone one time asked the rabbi, do you believe in evolution? So he said, which evolution? The evolution of that we start off as animals and end up as human? Yes, that's true. Whether we can trace our ancestry back to monkeys, that's a different discussion. But the fact that each and every one of us, in the words of the, the, the sages, in the words of Tanakh, Adam valed, a person is born a wild beast. The, the inclination of man is um, evil from, from his youth. The, the sin is literally waiting for you at your doorstep. There's so many references throughout the, the, the Tanakh, throughout the Torah, about us being born um, rough. And we need to work on ourselves. We have to educate ourselves. We have to slowly but surely... Um, grow up and that evolution oh yeah we definitely believe in it um, it's not something to believe in it's actually it's not about do I believe in evolution I think it's about each and every one of us deciding to evolve if you haven't evolved if I haven't evolved I'm not talking to you I'm talking to me that's the good thing about radio nobody could think I'm talking to them because I don't even know who's listening now um, I'm sure there are but I don't know who you are so let's talk to me if I didn't evolve the last 12 months, then I have a problem because we need to evolve. We need to believe in evolution. If we don't believe in evolution, where are we going? Where are we going? How do we evolve? How do we progress? I want to explore that. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. <clears throat> This is 101.9 Chai FM, and I'm Rabbi Levi Avtsin of Linksfield Shoal, and we're talking about squeezing, squeezing, squeezing the juice, squeezing out of our challenges the most possible so that we can move forward with lessons learned. Life is a classroom. That's what it is. Life's a classroom. And the guide is Torah. The guide is our own experiences and seeing the designer. Um, let me explain. If you believe in God, and you believe that it's a God that not just created the world and stepped aside, but it's a God that runs this world, Hashkacha Pratis, badly translated as divine providence, but more accurately translated as personal supervision um, and involvement. So then you know that everything that happens in your life is by design. And Hashem has a plan for everything. And he sees you and is designing the life for you right now. If a person believes that, then life is one big classroom. Because whatever happened to you was by design. So that fender bender you had, that uh, person who, the chutzpah they drove in front of you, right? 
or the taxi, or I don't know why I'm using driving analogies, nothing happened to me today, but I don't know, that's what comes to mind, or challenge with your child, etc. It's all tests. It's all tests. And maybe that taxi is sent there by Hashem to test your anger. And by you losing it, you've, you haven't passed that test. Not the end of the world. Many other tests will come as well. And you know, there are other tests are going to come. But at that moment, I failed the test because I blew it. Because I thought that it was all about me. And Hashem's like, no, no, it is about you, but it's about testing you. Or that child that's triggering or the spouse or whatever else you're going through, that ailment, that challenge. What's the test? Ask yourself a simple question. What am I being tested on, right? When you go into exams, how appropriate for this time of the year, usually you know what the exam is on. So when we go into the exam of life, which is pretty much every waking moment of every day, what is the test? It's the test of our character. That's what it is. It's all day, every day Hashem's testing us in different ways. Our patience, our listening skills, our kindness, our charity, our focus, our, our selflessness, our humility. The whole day we're being tested. And we're human, we're going to fail. But if you see yourself in a, in a test, then you're more aware. And you don't see life as a bunch of random happenstance, things randomly happening. There's nothing random. It's by design. Believing in Hashem means that everything in my life is by design. That is a huge factor. So there's many people who will say, I believe in God. I say I believe in God. But do I really? Because to believe in Hashem truly means that if I say at that moment I believe in Hashem, then anything that happens to me at this moment, I should be able to stay calm. Now, that's impossible to do 24-7. Not impossible, but close to. I haven't met many people who can. Um, but if at this very moment that I'm, you know, I'm giving a speech about God, at that moment something irritates me and I indulge in that irritation, I've lost the plot. So what am I saying? I believe in God? That irritation was there by design. Hashem's sending it our way. And the moment we see life as that, so maybe we don't know why COVID happened, but we know that it was there for something. There for something. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So the, the final song I chose, I don't know why, it was the first song that came to mind when I was choosing the songs for this time, for the show, was My Zaydi. It's a famous song from Moshe Yes, um, A Blessed Memory. And the song talks for itself, but at the core, really, what was coming to mind is the idea of who will be the Zaydi if not me. In other words, who will create um, m- legacy and memory for my children and my grandchildren if not me. And in the context of what we spoke about in the last few minutes, you know, I think in a confusing world as we live in, often we walk around as confused as our children. But our children are looking for guidance. They're asking us to parent them, whether they're saying it overtly or not. But that's what our job is. We brought children into the world. It's our job to parent them. And the parent is to guide. And who will be the Zadie if not me? In other words, we have to make sense as much as we can. We have to find meaning. 
right? To try to imagine what it meant to parent kids during difficult times in our history. War, famine, genocide, pain. Nobody ever had the answers, but what they had was values and principles. And today, I don't think our job is to tell our kids that we know what the future will be. We know that Mashiach is coming, but we don't know how it's going to play out. And please God, it happens soon, but we don't know when it's going to play out. So it's not our job to become future predictors, like go emigrate to Australia because that's the future. Okay, not so sure. Um, but our job is to offer values so that wherever they do end up and whatever life they do have, they can survive it. Because that's the single biggest gift we could give our children is good values. So when parents tell me, I'm not sure about giving my kids Judaism, I want to give them choices. Do you give them choice if to cross the street or not? With, uh, and look both ways? No. If you see your heritage as an indispensable value, I'm not saying to stuff it down your kid's throat, but you, we ought to give our very hard best to make sure that it's something they choose. Because values, heritage, belonging, that's not voluntary. That's the core of being human. And to rob it from our children is a crime. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Yatsen. This is Mai Zaidi on 101.9 Chai FM.